I was just like, oh my hell, like I sexually harassed my boss. <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. Welcome to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Kelton. And did you know that they recently discovered 500 pounds of cooked pasta in the forest in New Jersey? Now you do. Oh, uh, gosh. Okay. I I have zero. I've, I used to be, like, really shy, and I had a big filter, and I didn't really say anything. And the older that I get, like, the more my filter just kind of dissolves away, which is going to be a real problem in 10 years. It's already causing issues. <laughs> but in 10 years from now, I am not going to be in a good place. But... This week, I almost lost my job. Not actually, but I thought for sure I was going to get written up because like everyone in my work, we're all pretty good friends. They're all about my age. We all kind of hang out and our, not, not my boss, but my boss's boss is only like 15 years older than me. And he is just the friendliest, like he is a goof around guy, right? And he comes out and he jokes around with us a little bit. And then he always goes back into his office and he does work and then he'll come out and he'll joke around. And so we were joking about something and somehow the the topic of five inch inseams got brought up for like shorts you know how the five inch inseam mm -hmm. is like that's the style right now and um mm -hmm. ricky came out that's his name ricky he came out and he's like oh i can never wear those like I, I just they're so uncomfortable like i don't like the way they look it's just weird it's like a it's a gen z thing and he's wearing pants because we can't wear shorts at the office and i came up to him i was like yeah like right above the knee is like a classic fit but that five inch inseam is right where like where you need to be and he's like no i couldn't do it and one of the guys to the right of me said Ricky, why can't you wear a five-inch inseam? And I dead-ass looked my boss's boss in the eye, and I said, Ricky got that big old dick. And his face went red immediately. And everyone in the office was like, huh? <laughs> and, like, they were all laughing and stuff, but in my, my heart just went through my butthole. I was like, no, I just got fired because I don't have a filter. And he, he was laughing and stuff, and then he went back into his office, and he came out. And he's still all red and he's like kind of awkwardly <laughs> laughing and stuff. And I was just like, this is the end for me. It's over. I've been at Sun State for five months. It's done. <laughs> oh, my God. Ricky got that big old dick. <laughs> and like, it would have been one thing if I had said it after he had walked away. Because we make jokes like that in the in like the bullpen. <laughs> but the fact that it's my boss's boss, uh, it was so bad. <laughs> the, the best part about it is like... <laughs> Because he was so embarrassed, it's probably true. <laughs> Ricky got that, that big D energy and it just... And like, uh, oh, I, I looked a grown-ass man in his eyes and said, <laughs> Ricky got the big old dick. And like, it just, ah, uh, it was a day. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm dying. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was a lot. I, I would not have been surprised to have received a call from HR. I didn't, so shouts to Ricky for, for taking the joke for what it was, but there's... I got that big D energy, man. <laughs> it's funny because... That is hilarious. There is literally a TikTok floating around right now that's from like an 80s like HR training video. You know how you always have to do those when you start a job. And it's like some yeah. 80s announcer and he's like, sometimes the harassment, the sexual harassment can be verbal. And this dude, this white guy walks up to this black guy who's at a copier and he's like, Word around the office is you've got a fat cock. And the guy like looks at him all weird. And so I was just like, oh my hell, like I sexually harassed my boss. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. What an eventful week. 
man. And then, and then you come home and you're all alone and you I sit in the dark of my house. <laughs> Why did I say that? And I look at my bottle of antidepressants and I think, should this be the time that I just end it all? Oh my god, <laughs> dude, it's so funny. Uh, I, I have done that so many times. I, I have a great one from this week. So, my my sister, she has a, a son that was, uh, was born with ambiotic band syndrome, which means like some things happen in the womb, and he is missing his arm from his forearm, whoa. Uh, essentially. And uh, so it's always you know been this thing in our family and stuff. He's a stud. His name's Bridger, just a baller. Um, and my dad just grew up in a different time, and he has these phrases that he says all the time. So we we announce that Cove's born and stuff, and my dad in the family group chat with everybody goes, ten fingers and ten toes, right?" Oh and no! I was, like, I was like dying. I was like, "Oh no!" That's one of those ones where everyone's skin starts to crawl. Yes. So everyone's just like dying. So no one says anything. The family group chat went from like full conversation, like dead "Oh, silent. congratulations," to just dead silent. No one texts after that. Okay. To this, to the till today, this is six days removed. No one has replied to the family group chat. Oh. So I was talking to my sister, and I was just like, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I was like talking to her and everything. And my other sister did call her instantly and was like, "Hey, hope you're not offended. You know, Dad. Like he'll he'll say stuff or whatever." And uh, my brother-in-law is hilarious, but he's like a sneaky hilarious. Like he doesn't say anything, and then he'll just like kind of like whisper something. Rip out a one-liner. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So I'm on the phone with my sister, and he like kind of comes up, and he's like, "Hey, tell him what I was gonna write back in the family group chat." And he was like, "And he, my sister was like, yeah, he was gonna write in. He was gonna say, oh, we sent Bridger over to the house to count. He says that we're good.' <laughs> like, oh man, the family HR department's gonna contact Chad and say you can't be making discriminatory me, Chad. texts like that. <laughs> it's one thing to sexually harass someone; you cannot disparage the differently abled. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, not as good as. D Ricky, but that that was in that same line. That was so funny. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm glad people can take jokes, you know. Like, yeah. Have you ever been offended? Um, Someone says something, and you're like, you're really offended by it. I don't. So that's that's an interesting question because I've never like taken offense at a joke. Um, but I was bullied in seventh grade and mm. so i know that to them that was a joke and that was kind of sad for me so i guess you know in a roundabout way but not actually like oh we're just joking around or whatever and someone says something about x y and z no i i usually am pretty good about laughing at stuff like that so but childhood bullies yeah. man I... go kill yourself oh my gosh <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Oh, there's there's a there's a thing I do where it's like my mother-in-law and my father-in-law they they stay with us this week they they would listen to my last podcast religiously oh they found out like eight weeks into us recording this they're like oh you started the podcast again like what, what is the cut and I was like you don't need to listen to this one. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're, you're, good. you're good you know what's so funny is Chandler has told me a couple times that her parents are fans of the mammoths because you guys just say nice things about us, I guess. I guarantee if they listened, they would lose every ounce of respect for me. <laughs> it's it's so cool because it's like her parents are just – her mom is just incredible. Like she she's genuinely interested in what we're doing and what we're saying, which yeah. is just like a rare thing, I feel like. Because I'm guilty of it with Chan. Like Chan will start telling me about like 
something at work or whatever and i'm just like i don't know these people like mm. you know like, I, I don't i'll listen to her and like i won't respect the conversation stuff but like at the end of the day it's like i don't care about these yeah you're not as engaged as maybe about. you could be if you did know them and yeah i get you yeah but but her mom dude like she knows you guys like she knows mimit serena like and she calls you mimit not aaron Good. like it's, it's like yeah like it's crazy that it's like she's that involved and knows all those things but yeah the the podcast has been kind of like my, my little secret and then i I told them, like, oh, I'm going out to record and stuff. So I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. They, they mentioned this episode, and they're like, Ricky, man. <laughs> Your mom's going to be like, so, Mamet got fired, huh? <laughs> so have you heard about the, the like, group of migrants that are coming up from South America and how the, the Border Patrol yeah. and the National Guard have been sent to the border and all that stuff? So, like, Trump's, Trump's laws are expiring, and so now people are going to be able to, you know, request asylum and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to play a game on theme for yeah. immigration, right? <laughs> okay. so we're going to play immigrant or real american and all you have to say <laughs> as fast as you can just fire it off say immigrant or real american based on this person ready mila kunis immigrant jeffrey dahmer american pierce brosnan uh immigrant charles manson real american <laughs> selma hayek immigrant ted bundy real american <laughs> charlize theron <laughs> immigrant antonio banderas Okay. The Unabomber. Real American. Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> Real American. The Boston Strangler. Real American. Caesar Milan, the Dog Whisperer. Immigrant. David Koresh. I don't know. Immigrant. He's a real American. He was a cult leader. He killed a lot of people. <laughs> Natalie Portman. Immigrant. Jackie Chan. Immigrant. Casey Anthony. Real American. Albert Einstein. Immigrant. And O.J. Simpson. Real American. You got every single one of them right, except for, I guess, David Koresh. But the theme here... Oh, Koresh, is he the Kool-Aid? No. He... Very similar, though. He ran the... Um, I can't remember what his, his cult was called. Um, and they all... They had a stand against the police and were all killed shooting from, from their little bunker or whatever. Um, but the theme here is that... Uh, Americans are kind of shitty, huh? Yeah, he, he's Waco. I, oh I, yeah, I knew Waco. I knew the name. I just couldn't remember which one he was. But yeah, yeah. dude, that, it's funny because every time we play one of these games, there's typically a theme. Yeah. And as soon as you threw out the first serial killer, I was like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, statistically, America. I, we need the Google guy. Someone put in your resume, please. I wanna I'm gonna pull up the statistic really fast. Okay, countries with the most documented serial killers. I'm just gonna go over the top ten. Right? Number 10, Russia with 73. Number 9, India with 80. Number 8, Australia with 81. Number 7, Germany with 85. Number 6, Japan with 96. Number 5, Italy with 97. Canada as number 4 with 106. Number 3 is South Africa with 117. Number 2 is England with 166. And number 1 is the United States with 3,204 that have been caught. Wow. Okay. We are not wow. the country that should be turning people away because they're quote unquote the bad guys. We are the bad guy. <laughs> We're the Pinkertons of the world. We the go Pinkerton. in, we get paid to kick ass, and everyone secretly hates us. <laughs> what? Why is it? Is it because we live in a land of bounty? Like America's the great whatever, you know? That yeah. it's like people, because they're... They don't have a survival instinct. They're not just like, I don't know, those other countries mentioned, it's like, 
a lot of first world countries third world and stuff yeah Yeah, like the first world it's just i don't it's so interesting it's it's got to be something with our culture where it's just like yeah i i i can tell you for sure the japan one it's just like bred into the culture of like respecting the people that are around you whereas like in america it's like it's me first and so i don't i don't care who i step on to and like not everyone is like that obviously but i wonder if that sort of breeds into the uh the willingness to kill the people around you and those are just serial killers that's not like documented murders those are individuals that have killed upwards of three people on a spree crazy crazy three thousand i want when i like you were saying that it kind of made me think like the world they they view america in a couple different ways but one of the big stereotypes is like hollywood like hollywood is america Mm. and i wonder like when it comes to serial killers like there is the i think of that innate desire to be talked about and to be like recognized Mm. whereas with most most murderers it's like there's Oh, there's reason there's uh with motive whatever but serial killers it's like they're sick twisted and it's like they they do it for this thrill and this recognition to be the baddest of them all or yeah. something like that and i wonder if it's that it plays into the hollywood culture that we have where it's like want to be famous i don't know if any other country wants that as much as we do yeah that's true that's a good good point parker followed us on instagram Oh, dude. I didn't know he listened, but he came up. He, he, I didn't even follow him first. He followed, and I was like, oh, Parker. What's up, Park? Did anyone uh, pick us up on tagging us? No posts yet. So we still got $50 up for grabs, people. Get your cash. That's crazy. What's crazy is this episode actually, that last episode blew up. That was our best, highest performer. Yeah. Well, at least that highest performing day that it launched. Okay, let's, I'm going to issue another challenge here. uh, Maybe this can be our poll question. Or a question on on this episode we are coming up on a thousand listens and our thousand listen episode that the week we hit that the episode we record after got to be something special we got to do something something good so i'm i'm willing to like throw some dares on there we'll comment on the this question here let us know what you want us to do for our thousandth episode because we're willing to do it we'll yeah. go crazy we want to blow this thing up Jeez, I think I got baby brain, dude. I've been dumber this week than I have my whole life, and that's saying something. <laughs> Probably lack of sleep. I, I'm, I know. I'm running on not not a lot of sleep. Our second night with Cove, she slept all the way through, which is a big no-no. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, really? But she didn't cry. Yeah. She. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to wake up, like, every two hours and feed her and make sure that she's, like, not losing weight and stuff. Oh. And we slept eight hours, and I was like, we woke, both woke up in like an absolute panic, like "Oh my gosh, whatever." But she didn't cry; she was fine. Like, she's maybe chilling. She just like I'm doing you guys a solid. Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna make your life hell for the next 18 years, so you can have one night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this one. Nah, we also added uh, Switzerland. Yeah, we're in five countries awesome. now. Yeah, Heck yeah, dude. Whoever our Swiss guy is, yeah, should learn some Swissanese and say it for you. But <laughs> I'm couldn't share it. Swiss people, they speak English, right? I think a majority of them do, but normally, like, naturally, they speak Swiss. We love your cheese, Mr. Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Swiss, the native language of Switzerland. So Swiss is not a language. Oh. It's Romanish, Romanish. Oh, like Romani. French. Ah, Italian. So... Because none of that was like making sense in my head. I was like, I don't know what Swiss people because I could picture someone being, like, oh, I'm from Switzerland, but I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you like what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so I should probably Romanish know that. Or, 
Switzerland is like my third, third most, I don't know, country that I come from according to my DNA. So I should know something about it. All I know is they make good knives and uh, we'll bank there a lot. (laughs) And Ikea. They're impartial. Oh, wait. Uh, Ikea Swiss. Swedish. Is that Switzerland? The Swedes? Oh, that's a different thing, dude. You know, how, did we get any uh, resume applicants to be our Kubas? No, not yet. And we're going to reissue the challenge. <laughs> Give us your resume. We need some help. IKEA is from Sweden. And Sweden oh, is a different place. Than obviously, Sweden. Swedish comes from Sweden. I'm an idiot. <laughs> we're cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> our our one Swiss listener is like, what the hell? Or however they sound. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love our accents. I think we should do a whole segment of Swedish <laughs> accents. <laughs> Maybe since you're Cove's godfather, it's it's like Am I? The baby brain. Am I? Oh, it's on the internet. It's proven. So I already knew that I was for Hudson. I already knew I was Hudson's godfather because I spoke that into reality. It's good to know that I get them both. The match set. <laughs> Got them both. I, uh, I apologize to any of our Catholic listeners because I don't mean to downplay what godfather means i just don't know i'm you can be a godfather <laughs> i think of oh i'm gonna take your children <laughs> you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding dude that was fantastic um yeah it just means that if you die i get the kids i'm gonna need it in writing though it's gotta be legal i don't care i'm dead i don't yeah I'm i don't need my <laughs> just give them a good life i don't need to have my own kids i'm just gonna release Lori vallow from jail and sick her on you and chan so i can have the kids Oh my gosh, <laughs> Speaking of Lori Vallow, next week we are going to have a special guest who has been following the Lori Vallow case religiously. So make sure to tune in for that because we're going to get some unique perspectives on someone that has been all over it. I texted Rigoli today. No mm-hmm. answer. And I actually, I, I had his phone number when you sent it over. I like popped it over and I was like, oh, I ha- it's still the same number he had in 2014 or whenever we went to his wedding. But... I and I, I'm not positive if he still has it. I, last time I texted him, it's got to be like a year ago. Oh, yeah. I texted him and I said, hi, Mr. Richard, and then in quotations, Dick Matthew Rigoli. This is the IRS <laughs> informing you that you have been ordered by a court of law to appear on an episode of the world's greatest podcast. And then said, when are you available? <laughs> and then I sent 1, it to him. 1,000%? He thought that was a scam. Oh, 100%. He read the first line. I was like, all right, and then blocked my number. But I also sent it in <laughs> Japanese and in Spanish, just in case. So... <laughs> Because he forgot English. He go teach Chinese for a while. Did he? What a cool guy. Oh, yeah. Right after the mission, him and his wife, they moved to China, and they were there for like a year. They did one of those things. I We used to walk past that building in Rexburg by the Plasma Center, and I was like, huh, how cool would that be? Dude, I, I, that's one of those things that like, first off, it's the biggest scam in the world. <laughs> it's like the fact that you have to pay money to go to go work somewhere it's like that that kills me there's nowhere there's no job in the world that's like that but yeah. i wish i would have done something like i would love to have gone to a different country and and done something not get not pay get paid that's what i want to do but yeah i've looked into that uh like being an online english teacher for chinese or japanese kids or whatever and like if you have a degree it's relatively easy the only problem is you have to be willing to work during their school hours which is generally like mm-hmm. two o'clock in the morning here and so it's like you have to wake up, get ready, look nice, have conversations with these kids for three hours, and then go back to bed, sleep for an hour, then go to your regular job. Because it doesn't pay enough to like justify it as your only career, but it'd be a nice yeah. little side money if you've got the time. I don't have a degree, I, I, so I don't qualify. 
You never graduated? No, I dropped out twice. I no way. I know. Yeah. I thought you finished it up. Honestly, I should just start telling people that I have a degree. Because like, I feel like I could fake yeah. my way through that. You what are they going to do? Ask for it? Has anyone asked for your diploma before? Yeah. No. Have they called your college? No. No. If I, if I were to say I had like an advanced degree, like a master's or a doctorate or whatever, then I could see them wanting some proof. Bachelor's in business management, which is what I studied. Everybody has one of those. Yep. It's official. I graduated. <laughs> it's, a, it's a commodity. I think I, I read something that said like 80% of adults are college educated now or like have some form of college education. Yeah. It's like, blah, like it's worthless. It just sucks. Yeah. It basically is because it's like, you have to have your master's and it happened like the day I graduated from college. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I have my degree. And then they're like, well, you can go get your MBA. I'm like, I don't really want to. Yeah. Like, well, you kind of have to, if you want this to mean anything. And unfortunately that's the case. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. So Serena's Serena considered doing her master for like a year after her graduation and then eventually decided not to do it. But I have a friend, um, shout out to Sierra. I don't know if she listens or not. We haven't really talked about it, but she, um, tomorrow is walking to get her master's degree. She, um, she's got, she's pretty cool. She, um, went to BYU, Idaho, went on a mission, came back, decided to go to BYU, Hawaii, met her husband over there, had a kid. They split up because he was cheating and is an asshole and all this stuff. So she's a single mom with a daughter that's four, I think. And, uh, was a teacher for a while. And now he's like in the district district management or curriculum, something in a district and has been doing night classes to get her master's degree so that she can like set herself up. And like, that's the American dream right there. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate that she had all these setbacks and stuff, but like good on her. She's got it going. So. What a baller. Yep. Dude, there is like such a soft spot in my heart for single moms. Like I incredibly hard. Like I can't even imagine how tough that would be. Like it's, it's hard parenting with two and I just, I can't imagine because way society is right now. It's like childcare is so flipping expensive that by the time you work your day job, like half of your pay is going to just make sure your kid has, has someone watching over them. Yeah. And even that it's like daycares are trashed. Like 90% of them are just like these pits where you go and throw your kid in with a bunch of other kids that are sick and gross and biting them. And the leaders don't care because they, you know, they just set up this preschool in their backyard, whatever it is. I, I'm talking bad about a lot of the different industries, but what I'm just trying to get at is single moms. That's, that's a rough go. And yeah. that's, if I ever see, Right, here of a circumstance of single moms, it's like I gotta step in and help out there because that that's a rough one. Are you an influencer or small business that wants to increase your reach? Do you want to see your profits increase by dozens of dollars? Advertise with us. Contact us at roommatescouch at gmail dot com to be featured in an upcoming episode. It's weird. Getting old is weird because like I I feel young, but in ten days I'm gonna be thirty. Jeez, dude, and just. I don't know. Three out. How are you feeling about that? I don't don't even think about it. <laughs> I, I've never like celebrated my birthday or really like I don't know. And my mom will immediately deny this. When this episode comes out, my mom is gonna text me and say, That's not true. You need to take that out. And mom, no. This is my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but when I was a kid, su- supposedly, quote unquote, we alternated birthdays between me and my sister. So every every other year I would get a party and every other year she would get a party and we'd switch back and forth. Except for that my sister got a party six years in a row 
and I never had a birthday party. <laughs> and so, and I have said that many times and my mom always denies it. And every year I was like, what are we going to do for my birthday? And she's like, oh, it's Taylor's year for a birthday. No, it's not. It has been Taylor's year my whole life. So I, I've never had like a birthday party. So my birthday comes around every year and it's just like not a special event. I don't really do anything for it. And Serena like really tries to make my birthdays feel special, but it's just like, it's another Wednesday, you know? And so I just, I don't really put any value in it. And so I feel 17, 18, but I'm, I look 30. (laughs) (laughs) Well, technically if you don't celebrate those six years, I don't think you can count that against your, I'm 24. That sounds, that feels right. I feel like I'm 24. On top of now saying that I'm a college graduate, I'm 24. <laughs> Man, you are just self-identifying as a lot of things today. I'm going to end up like George Santos before too long. He got arrested this week. Oh, on what? On uh, being liar? Yep. On, uh, there was 18 total counts. Some of them were fraud. Some of them were money laundering. Some of them were falsifying statements before Congress. And all of it stems back to just like, straight up lying about everything have you met people like that in your life like they're just pathogenic liars not in not in a day-to-day life i've i've known people that lie a lot about every story they tell but in like just their normal interactions they don't and i don't know if that qualifies as the same thing or just being the the one-up guy you know but yeah what did we, what did we used to say in kimber kimbered you just got kimbered <laughs> you got kimbered Chan says that to me. I, I told her that story, and she, if I ever do it, she'll be like, "You just kimbering me right now." <laughs> so I've had people like that, that that obviously lie in stories, trying to kimber people, but otherwise, no. Yeah. What about you? Oh man, well, I'll beep this <clears throat> name, whatever. Is a, a pathogenic liar. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Bad, 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 and it like i remember like it was <laughs> justice and i like we were like having this intervention with him and he just like started crying he's like i can't not do it like, I, he just lies <laughs> and it is crazy dude like I, I i feel like there was a period of time in my life where i was like a really bad embellisher and like i recognized i'm like i'm just saying this to make my story sound better yeah and it, it was rooted in truth and there was truth in there but like i would say things to to make it sound better and that it's a slippery slope because once you start doing that I feel like you say the stories enough. It's like that becomes what you think is true. Yeah. And that's scary because it's not necessarily true. And you start memorizing things wrong and stuff. So I, I really had like a time where I like stopped myself and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, and so I would like say a story. And if I said something that was like really off, I would say, stop what I said wasn't true. And I would like correct myself. And after doing that enough, like it, it's helped me a lot. I still say things like just off the cuff that I know are like, in the ballpark like probably not like 100 percent true but yeah dude pathogenic lighters are interesting and like watching that santos guy like go through what he had said and stuff i can i've known people like that yeah. but i've never known someone who's able to say those things and not get called out on their crap because it sounds so ridiculous you can't yeah. just be like this isn't true dude like you can't keep saying that oh i had a friend when i was a kid and he would his line his classic line just like being kimbered or whatever he'd always say my uncle my uncle did this and blah, blah. And he would just make up wildest crap. <laughs> and you're just like, this is not true. Like you are just a freaking liar. Yeah. Those people, they just can't break from it. They're stuck. In it. It's weird. Yeah. I did remember. Um, and I'm going to cut this part too. So don't worry about it. But that guy cannot stop himself from lying. <clears throat> I, that guy still hate it. I don't know if he's a good dude, whatever. He's not I a good dude. I hate, hate his guts yep. hate his guts he he bullied me on the mission 
And from that time, I was like, I, I just know this guy is evil. And it's weird because it's like Justice became really good friends with him, like loves him, thinks he's an awesome dude, like has told me multiple times, like, oh, you got to give him another chance. I'm like, no, I freaking hate that guy. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's evil. He is not a good person. And he actually, he lives here. So when I was working at the, uh, at the auto shop, um, keep in mind, I managed this auto shop, right? I wasn't just a mechanic. I wasn't just a lube tech. Like, not that there's anything wrong with being a mechanic or a lube tech or whatever, if that's what you want to do. But like, I managed this business that did, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And he came in one time and was getting an oil change on his car. And like, he just, the way he looked at me because I worked at an auto shop, it's just like, dude, like, I enjoy working here for the most part. I, I like what I do. Like, what does it matter to you if like, I'm not in an office building? Like, mm-hmm. I'm. this is an essential service, dog. You're here now because you don't know how to change your oil. Like, why are you yeah. judging me? And like, I don't know. It just, I have always hated that guy. And then when I saw him here in real life, <clears throat> I kind of, people from the mission, when I don't like them, I assume that it's because, you know, we were all, kind of a little crazy on the mission right Mm -hmm. we're all constantly comparing ourselves to everyone around us because numbers are so heavily tracked and like we're all trying to be perfect all the time and so nobody is like genuinely themselves when they're a missionary for the most part some people are but like 98 percent of them are not and so whenever i had a bad interaction with somebody on the mission it was like oh i don't hate this person i hate this missionary and then i saw him in real life and i was like nope i hate this person (laughs) (laughs) he's terrible (laughs) No, I'm I'm so glad you have that because he he was popular. A lot of people liked him, thought he was cool and stuff. He like my first I I I got talking of like people not acting like their authentic self. It was my first time being a zone leader and it went straight to my head. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm a leader now and I need to shut set the example, blah blah all this type of crap." So I I hosted a meeting and to this day is the worst meeting I've ever managed or ran or whatever. Yeah. And it was like we need to kick you into gear guys. And blah, blah, blah. and like, I gave him one of those talks and that just triggered this and I'm to make his life hell. And he did. <laughs> he like, he, he, we had iPads or whatever. And so he like took this picture of Quasimodo and then took one of my uh, Facebook pictures. And like, I like was like opening my eye or something. So it made me look kind of uh. like Quasimodo. And he like made this meme and blasted it out to the zone and like all this type of stuff. And it's like, I was discovering that on like everybody's iPads as like we went through and stuff. And he just like, sat there and belittled me and bullied me and i was like i can't screw this guy like i i was so pissed i hated him so bad he had denied to go on exchanges with us and stuff like just sucked it's a crappy could you do that so i i had that happen to me twice dude where people just said we would be like hey we're gonna come on exchanges and they'd be like no and i'd be like didn't know that was an option i should have been turning people down left and right (laughs) every single time it happened they got et'd so so okay Yeah, every, every time someone denied they were hiding something that was bad and ended up not doing it. Dude, have I ever told you the Taito story? No. But it's interesting because I, I know you have a good relationship with Taito and stuff. Um, I, I feel like every missionary has a point where it's like it's it's the defining transfer of your mission where it's like you're most depressed. This sucks the worst. Why am I here? And it's like that's the transfer. And I feel like everyone kind of has that one. Yeah. And I had had like a really rough mission for like a year. I just trained. I trained from second transfer on for like the full first year. And so it was always me not knowing what I'm doing with someone who didn't know what they were doing. And it was just hard. And then I got with Taito and we were in Bandon, which is right on the beach. And it was paradise. And I was so stoked. Like I was like, this is 
just a huge relief that I finally get to be with a missionary that I know what they're doing and this is going to be awesome. And uh, Taito had reached his, this is the worst transfer of my mission moment, you know, and he was miserable and hated his life. And I was trying as hard as I could to make things happen. We, we took over the area from sisters who had been there for 13 years. Oh. At the time they were teaching like 28 people we lost every single investigator in the first day because no. they were all yeah every single one i just like we'd call and be like hey how's it going they're like uh you want the sisters i'm like yeah we're the new missionaries and they'd be like uh we want the sisters we're out and like it was just a bunch of creepy dudes wanting no. to talk to girls right so we lost all of our investigators in like a day terrible awful transfer i remember one day he just started bawling and was like this is the worst like i just want to be done and so my relationship with Tito was just like we had a crappy transfer together and that was basically it um, and like we never bonded or got really close, but I knew that he was like a cool guy or whatever. But I, he was just having a hard time. And flash forward a couple. Then Roseburg happened. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I was his zone leader, and he was with Antig. And we went over to his apartment, and it was like eleven o'clock in the after uh, in the morning. And him and Antig are like asleep on the couch, not in their clothes. Like, and there was so much stuff before that or whatever that was just like knew that they weren't doing great things and stuff and they, they slept over members did all that stuff anyways that was my man he was <laughs> <laughs> i talked Drinking i talked Gibby into, into letting us do that <laughs> yeah. but but i just remember he like as he was getting et just like the most depressing thing in the world he just like looked up and he's like rough i'm sorry and then he like got in the car and like drove away and that was like the last time i'd ever seen him and i was like oh man like that whatever then he lives here. <laughs> he lives in Rexburg. And like we have like bumped into each other at like farmer markers or stuff. But it's like that's our relationship. Terrible transfer, me ETing him, and just like it's awkward, you know, and it's just kind of tense. And so like farmers markets and stuff, like we'll see each other and then we just like kind of like go down a different aisle. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to like really talk to each other type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then just a couple weeks ago, uh, I went to it's Chan's ex coworkers brother or sister i don't know, weird relationship they invited us to come to this ceiling and i go and i sit down and i'm like we're in the ceiling and in walks taito <laughs> and taito's on the opposite side of the room and he's connected to the guy and we're connected to the girl and it was just like this really weird moment and then like after it was like big old hug like we were best buds like he yeah. was like dude how you doing and it's like so that was weird it was this weird thing i was like oh taito <laughs> yeah. if you uh if you see him again say hi to him for me but i have talked I to him one time since 2017 um, huh. and it's my fault. Like I, I fully let that relationship die and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have held it against him, but he, he was going to be one of my groomsmen at the wedding. And he like, you know, I, I bought suits for everybody and like got your size and like was doing all this stuff. And I had bought his suit and, uh, four days before the wedding, he called me and he's like, Hey, I'm not going to come. And I was like, dude, Tito, son of a bitch, dude, you can't do this yeah. the week of, um, oh, and man. from that moment, I was just like, we're not friends. Like, yeah. And you know, what's so shitty about that? I literally did that to you. And I, oh. I lost a relationship it, with Taito over it and then did it to you one year later. No, dude, the, yours was a different thing. Like <laughs> I, I remember at the time, like you being upset. Cause like, it was like a choice. I think Cause you, you can't decide four days before something that you're like, not going to go to a different state. Mm-hmm. Like you, you had made that decision. A while ago <laughs> like you know you don't because he didn't buy his ticket he didn't you know he wasn't yeah, like he wasn't planning on so, going ours was just was like, stupid like i didn't on going it was just look dumb. at the time and we didn't plan it right and so that was 
we got halfway to Vegas and then turned back around. But if we had planned that better, we, we would have been there and we should have been there. But when we have our second wedding, I, I that's one thing I, I think I will do at some point in my life, which I know is kind of weird, but it's like our wedding was honestly like the most incredible temple wedding wedding. Like that could have happened. Like a really cool story. Have I ever told you our story? Mm-hmm. Our, okay. So I'll, I'll share this real quick. Cause I, it's, it's awesome. So, um, we were married in the Provo Tabernacle or the, the Provo City Center um, Temple, and that used to be a building called the Tabernacle, and it was kind of like this landmark building inside of uh, Provo, and it burnt to the ground, and it was just kind of like a big thing. Like if you lived in Utah, you knew that building, and then it burnt, and they converted it over to a temple. So uh, when Chan and I got married, uh, our sealer was like talking through. They they like talk to you a little bit before you get married and stuff. And he was the stake president of the wards that met in the tabernacle and then became a sealer for the, the Provo City Center Temple. And he was the first one that they called to inspect the damage of the, the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And so, like, as he was walking around, he just kind of had this thought in his mind, like, why? Like, why would this happen? Like, this is this sucks. Like, this is a, a beautiful building that just burned to the ground. And he, like, turned the corner as he was, like, thinking these thoughts. And there was this painting of Christ that just got melted everything burned on it except for christ like dead center in the middle of it mm. and he just kind of had this thought of like i know what i want this to be like i i know what the what this will become and then he flash forward he's a temple sealer and it i've made it into what it is and it was like so symbolic of like chan and i's life of like and has had a lot of crap in her life <laughs> a lot of things where it's like that's what she felt like it was just ash and so yeah. like he knew he had a bigger plan and so when we got sealed we were just losing our minds balling like it was like a really really cool experience um and then we get out of the temple and i fell completely apart because i the stress of everything from that day and stuff i got super 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 sick and like i couldn't even like take it i couldn't like like oh we're having a good time so we stayed at our reception after our wedding for like maybe 30 minutes and so we never got our first dance we never really cut the cake never did any of the the wedding things and it sucks because it's like you get that one shot to do it but i just yeah. felt so crappy that i was like we can't can't do this anymore so someday we will have our our second wedding and we'll we'll do all that type of stuff and we'll have a good party and you you will make it we will do it on yes. arizona time so we, <laughs> we will be there we've we've actually okay. uh talked about doing a, a vow renewal as well because like we tried to incorporate as much um, like traditional wedding stuff in our reception as we could because like none of Serena's family are members. And so like none of them got to be in the temple and, and it was kind of shitty for, for everyone that was there. Um, and so we were like, oh, like we'll at least like have her walk down the aisle and we'll do all that like traditional wedding stuff so that we can, so that her family can feel involved. And the guy, it was her bishop at the time that we, we had asked because we didn't really know anybody in California and like having a, professional person to do that is very expensive and we just didn't have the money for it but anyway it was just it was terrible i'm sure you remember he like talked about like the triangle and like all this stuff and it's just like we just wanted you to explain what happened in the temple like we didn't need the this whole thing like this and so it was it was so bad so we want to have a vow renewal and and do like a have a venue and walk down an aisle and do vows and stuff just because like everyone in her family just didn't get to experience our wedding and that mm-hmm. feels pretty shitty. And we really wanted to do it before her grandpa passed away. Um, and, you know, obviously he, we can't do that anymore because he passed two years ago. But it it's still something that we want to do to, like, I don't know, just make it right. Because our reception, 
was terrible. It was not even close to what we wanted. We paid this girl like $3,000 to plan the whole thing and to have a, an actual like street taco truck come like a food truck that was going to be really cool. And like, instead she like made all the food at home and like got like really crappy decorations and then just like bounced with our three grand. And that was so, so bad. That sucks. I didn't know about any of that. Yeah. So that whole event was like, it was probably thrown together in the last week. Cause like she had been texting us like, yeah, I'm going to do all this. And she was sending us like inspo pictures and stuff. She was not doing anything. And then she like made white girl enchiladas, brought them to the thing in some Tupperware and then was like, all right, see ya. And took our money. <laughs> no and it was way. Just a, a lady in Serena's mom's ward. So, no way. Yeah. Dang, dude. I loved your guys' wedding. Like it was awesome, but that sucks if you had an expectation of it being a different thing and it yeah. wasn't that, you know? Well, and it's funny. We talk about your speech a lot because you gave just the most perfect speech at our wedding. I don't know if you even remember any of it, but I definitely do. And then immediately after you, Emily gets up and like the first thing she says is, I always knew Serena was going to marry a white boy, white power. She said white power in her wedding speech. And my, my wife's entire family is Mexican. And I was just like, I'm going to shoot you in the head. I hate you. And she, I do not remember that. That It was so bad. It was bad. And like everyone in Serena's family, like all looked at each other like, what the hell did she just say? Cause yeah, she just she stood up there with a the microphone, white power, and it's like Emily, Emily, oh man, yeah. and that's just who she is. She just she's like me. If my lack of filter wasn't penis jokes, if it was just blatant <laughs> racism, <laughs> like oh dude, I did not, I don't remember that man. I must have just good. been like on the uh, an adrenaline high because I was like, yeah, you, dang. it was it was perfect. Like your speech was just unbelievable, and then she just killed it literally two seconds like you handed her the microphone and not even 10 seconds later white power so gosh dude we want to have a real one yeah let's let's do it dude let's freaking do a joint one let's do it two on birds, a cruise ship stone. oh yes sold let's get it planned and let's let's walk each other down the aisle and chandler and serena can be at the top like holding their bouquets together or something and we'll like arm in arm <laughs> Let's do it, dude. And then I'll I'm give down. you to Chandler, and then you can take a step back and give me to Serena, and then we'll... <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to another great episode of the Roommates Couch Podcast. We have checked the poll, and everyone is pretty pissed off. I didn't name my kids Stanley Yelnats. So I apologize, everyone. <laughs> hopefully, you can forgive me, but Ove is going to grow up, and hopefully she can name a child of her Stanley and uh, another Yelnats. So appreciate you guys participating with us, uh, engaging with the poll. We still have that $50 bounty out there. We want people to share these episodes, so we'll continue that on to this week. If you share this, tag the Roommates Couch uh, on your socials. We will make sure to reach out, and we will award you a dollar. So um, wherever you're coming from, Switzerland, America, our friends, not our friends, we love you. Thanks, everybody, and we hope you have a great week. Bye.